Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Serwick here with Mike Meredith. Mike, uh, it's kind of weird today. Uh, We won't be picking games uh, this weekend for the NFL. It's going to be a a weird episode for us, but uh, how are you doing tonight, man? Pretty good. Yeah, no no games. I mean, the Pro Bowl, but that's not even really a game. That's just a fucking, you know, youth football bullshit, man. Like... It's not even, not even uh, a game anymore, man. They're just fucking around out there. Yeah, it's just flag football. Guys just being dudes, pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, we're gonna we got a decent amount of NHL stuff to talk about. We have uh, we're gonna do uh, NHL power rankings. Uh, we got the uh, the All Star game as well. We got NBA power rankings as well, and. Uh, we're going to talk uh, some NFL with some coaching uh, hires. So uh, there's no more vacant uh, positions in the uh, in the NFL for head coaches. There's still some uh, coordinator positions that are wide open. So uh, let's get into it, man. Um, Atlanta hires Raheem Morris. Um, it's, a, it's a decent hire, I would say. Uh, he's already got his staff uh, picked out as well. Um, he's got a lot of work to do, um, and that, and most of that work is just finding a quarterback, um, and, and so he's going to have to work with their GM out there in Atlanta, uh, for sure, uh, maybe try to work something up to get, get a top quarterback, because where they're picking, they're not going to fucking find anything out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not a big fan of defensive coaches, to be honest with you. I think in this league now, man, the just the success that offensive coaches have had. Uh, I mean, look at the playoffs. Like a lot of the top teams were uh, offensive-minded head coaches, like the Shanahan's, the McVeighs, the 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 Fleurs. Just I kind of like that routing for coaching, but I don't think the Raheem Morris is a bad hire by any means. But yeah, just you don't really have nothing to work with unless you get that QB situated. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's their biggest issue is finding a QB because they're not picking up very high, and finding a quarterback outside of top five is honestly very very hard, you know, just statistically in the uh, in the NFL. So they have some they have their work cut out for them. But um, one one thing I've noticed is in in the league is you you'll see a, a team hire an offensive minded head coach, they tank and you know, the next person they hire is a defensive minded head coach. And, and you see that, you know, flip all the time. You, you see teams go from defensive head coaches to offensive head coaches, and you see them go offensive head coaches to defensive head coaches. And, and I, I understand wanting to go for an offensive coach. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, defensive coaches aren't necessarily bad. I mean, um, you know, there's been a lot of successful ones. Not recently, but it's definitely possible for sure. Um, Carolina job. I don't know why anyone would ever take this job, but uh, they hired Dave Canales. Um, I all I can say is good luck, man. They fired like five coaches in the last four years, so um, yeah, you're you're probably not gonna have a job by the end of the year because. Ownership and that general manager just, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's a super toxic, you know, environment uh, to be working in. 
And like I said, when you're when you uh, when you've had more coaches in the last four years than you've had actual seasons of football, yeah, you're doing something wrong there for sure. Yeah, I mean, even if Dave Canales has actually proves himself to be a good coach, I mean, he's not going to last that long in Carolina unless they get the team turned around. No, it's it's going to be very very tough to get that team turned around, um, considering the roster that they have. And the and the GM's indecision on who to have as a head coach. You can't you can't give a guy one season and be like, okay, you're out because you didn't you, we didn't win. With what? It's your fault. The roster's this way. He, no one's gonna win with this roster. So I think if anything, it shouldn't really be the coaches getting fired. It should be that this GM in Carolina. I just I I don't understand it. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, obviously going over to LA leaving uh, Michigan. Um I saw today he he had a someone asked him if if he left, you know, Michigan in a good place and he he said, "Yeah, I left him in a great place." No, no, no you didn't, Jim. You are actively trying to steal all the coaches off that staff. I mean, Jesse Mentor was a given given that that's a that's an NFL coordinator right there anyways. But trying to get um the the strength coaches the uh, the conditioning coaches. Um, I, I heard things that he was trying to get Mike Hart to come. Uh, offensive line coaches going with him. I mean, he is destroying Michigan. Um, and, you know, obviously Michigan has no recruits, no quarterback to replace McCarthy. I mean, it, he left Michigan in a terrible spot, so I don't know what the hell he's doing there. That said, I like this hire a lot for, for L.A., though. Jim Harbaugh. Um, he's a good coach. I mean, he's a fucking weirdo and a lying scumbag, but he is a good coach. Um, and, and he has a great quarterback to work with and Justin Herbert. So, um, it's, it's, it's a good hire. I think it's a really good fit. Although I don't know if, uh, Herbert's going to like having to hand the ball off a lot. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how the Chargers do, uh, moving forward here. Yeah, that that that's all you got on them. Yeah, I mean, well, they, you know, they've been so down in the dumps that, I mean, Harbaugh is definitely gonna be able to take this team at least out from where they've been in the last few years. But I don't have anything too crazy to say, to be honest. Um, I mean, I definitely feel like they are going to be better. They could definitely make the playoffs here. I think that they definitely have a lot of talent, but, um, well, I just have to see how it goes, man. Um, I know Harbaugh was a huge fan of Herbert, so we'll see how those two work together and yeah, bringing a lot of those other Michigan guys with them to be on the staff. It's going to be very interesting to see exactly what he does, but, um, yeah, uh, Mike McDonald's been named head coach for Seattle. Uh, huge hire here for them. Uh, obviously, he's got big, big shoes to fill uh, from uh, the uh, the retiring Pete Carroll. Um, good hire. I like this hire a lot. I think it's a really, really good fit uh, for Seattle. Um, I don't necessarily think they need to rebuild, but they definitely need to retool. Um because obviously the quarterback situation is their biggest issue right now. I mean, Geno Smith ain't gonna 
gets you far. Um, and they have Drew Locke as a backup, and we know how bad he is. So it's they, – they just need to find a way to get a good quarterback, whether it's drafting one or finding one in free agency, but good luck finding one of those in free agency. Um, so, for, so for Mike McDonald, it's kind of just like he doesn't – I don't know where he should go with this team, whether they try to tank and get a good draft pick for next year or not, but – He's got his work cut out for him for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, man, just he's kind of in the same situation as Raheem Morris, where he's like the Seahawks, you know, like the Falcons, they have talent, they have uh, players just getting that QB, right? Because, I mean, Geno had that those spurts throughout the year, but he's not our long term solution. I mean, Geno's getting up there in age, he's not a franchise quarterback. Just finding that QB, and like you said, it's like another defensive-minded coach. So how well is he even going to work with the new QB? It's going to be interesting to see. So, yeah, Seattle, I feel like it's in a very similar boat as Atlanta. Yeah, very, very similar. I mean, their records are not too far apart from each other, and and they both just don't have a good quarter. I mean, Seattle has – something serviceable in Geno Smith, but they got to find a a better solution and also just retooling their offensive weapons as well. I think that's going to be a big priority uh, over the next two seasons for them. Uh, Dan Quinn's been hired for Washington. Um, This one's interesting. I mean, a defensive-minded head coach on a team that, well, needs help everywhere now, especially – uh, but mostly on that offensive line, I, like I, I understand Sam Howell's not that guy. I think he's serviceable. If he had a line in front of him this year, I think they would have won a few more games, but they don't have a good left tackle. They don't have a good, uh, well, literally every position on their offensive line is just straight bums. Um, so, so he's got his work cut out for him there. I mean, it's a mess in Washington for sure. I mean, they have no defense. They have no offense. I know they would want to move away from Sam Howell, but I, 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 I would rather get you know some offensive line pieces first before you move on to a quarterback because you're just going to get a good quarterback killed. I mean, I mean Sam Howell was the most sacked quarterback this year by a mile, and it's due to the fact that he had no protection at all this year. Um, you know, he, he was pressured on like over 90% of his dropbacks this year, which is insane. Uh, he was sacked, you know, three, four, five times a game and that wears on a quarterback. And, and who knows if you draft a really good quarterback and you have this offensive line in front of them, they could get injured very quickly. And I think offensive line should be the first thing Washington addresses. And I think Dan Quinn might be the guy to do that, but Knowing, knowing that he's a defensive coach, he might go and try and get uh, some good defensive players first. Yeah, like you said, man, before Washington even focuses on a QB, they need to fix the entire roster. Basically, everyone but Terry McLaurin is like, got to go or be replaced with a better option because, I mean, they just don't have it, man. They traded away uh, both their DNs at the deadline last year. Um, they, 
I got a lot of stuff to work on, and Dan Quinn's bringing that cowboy culture, man. Like, I'm not too crazy about Dan Quinn, to be honest, but um, we'll see how he does. I mean, like I said, you can only do as much as the team that you have provided. So as long as Washington can just start building the draft, then that's that's where they got to start. They got to start building this team up to where they can actually be contenders. Yeah, and they definitely could be, but it starts now. And they just got to give Dan Quinn some time uh, because, you know, he, he's coming into a really, really, really bad situation. Almost, almost as bad as what uh, Dan Campbell walked into a few years ago with the Lions. But a little bit, mm, I wouldn't say worse. A, a worse situation offensively, defensively, um no, but um, yeah. So that's that's a very good hire, I think. I mean, like I said, defensive coordinator. But you know, hey, he he might be able to figure something out. Uh, same with Tennessee and Brian Callahan. They hired him as their head coach. Um, kind of an interesting hire, one I didn't really see happening, but um, it happened. Uh, and and it's not a bad hire by any means, but. I wouldn't necessarily say it is um, the, the the greatest uh, hire either, um, but uh, he, he offensive minded, so obviously something very very good here um, for them. Uh, they they have some pieces still uh, to work with on the offensive line, but that's really all they got I mean they got no quarterback because I don't think Will Levis is going to cut it out for for them and um yeah the defense is kind of pretty shit too but I think overall he's in a much better position than what uh, Dan Quinn's walking into or or even uh who uh who, what uh Dave, Dave Canales is walking into either yeah I mean both is kind of in that uh situation where it's like kind of hard uh i do think brian callahan is um you know definitely serviceable you know but derrick henry's on his last leg he's he's already pretty much made it clear he's out of tennessee will levis is all right i don't see will levis being the future of this team it's just again we just re- gotta rebuild the whole team yeah they they definitely need to rebuild this entire team but um it's uh it's gonna be a long process for sure but i think overall yeah just a a slightly better um you know uh situation uh and tennessee's not a bad job either so i mean i think for him it will work out uh you know he's a very good offensive coordinator so i think that will definitely help seattle or not seattle uh, tennessee going forward there um, and, and that's really all the, all the big, uh, hires, big names that I really wanted to talk about. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap that up. So Mike, let's get into some NBA power rankings. Yes, sir. Uh, so we went through the power rankings. I think it was two weeks ago. So Definitely things have changed since then. You know, I guess the one consistent is that the Pistons are always going to be at the bottom. Um, but yeah, lots of things have changed and 
we're coming up here to the all-star breaks so lots of teams trying to be better um so yeah we'll get right into it we're just doing a top 10 here it's for nba.com same uh, as usual source here number 10 we have the cleveland cavaliers who actually just beat the pistons last night uh, at the time of this article they're 27 and 16 16th on offense third on defense so Definitely need to get that offense up a little bit. But, yeah, one of the best defensive teams. Evan Mobley's back for him, who is a great key piece for them. Jared Allen is such an underrated player and who does a lot of great things under the basket. But Donovan Mitchell is carrying this offense, man. Donovan Mitchell's been one of the uh, most underrated players this season, I think. He has been doing wonders for Cleveland. Cleveland has a lot of good role players as well, like Harris LeVert, um, Max Struess, uh, Isaac Okoro, guys like that who can fill in spots and give you solid minutes here. Um, you also have Darius Garland coming back, uh, who that's a big name for him for sure. So, yeah, I, I see the Cavs uh, actually being a little bit better uh, moving forward here than that number 10 spot, but still here looking good. Number nine, we have the Phoenix Suns, uh, twenty six and twenty, tenth on offense, sixteenth on defense. So, the thing with the Suns this year is their advanced stat, advanced stats don't look as promising. Like they don't really blow you away. But when you have Durant and Booker on the same team, two top ten players right there, kind of hard not to put them in the top ten when they have the two stars. But yeah, they've definitely not been as good as I thought they would be this year. Phoenix, Bradley Beal was out most of the season. He's back now, but he's not even doing, you know, he's doing okay as a third option, but they just really haven't had that much strong chemistry, to be honest. And definitely, I think Phoenix will make the playoffs, but they're probably going to be a lower seed, and hopefully they can figure out uh what's going on with their team before the playoffs start. Number eight here, we have the New York Knicks. And uh, I already know that next time we do the power rankings, the Knicks are going to be way higher on the list because they went like 14-2 and two in, in January. And it was the first time the Knicks won uh, or led the league in wins in a month since like 1994. So, yeah, man, the Knicks are on fire right now. Yeah, they are, they've been dominating like everyone too i mean they have been really 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 good lately for real uh they're eighth on offense and seventh on defense so both in the top 10 they're uh, pretty consistent ever since the og and anobi trade i mean uh they're 12 they're 12 and 2 with og and anobi um 11 and 1 with him and brunson yeah they won like you said they won over the the timberwolves the sixers the nuggets uh by 38 and the heat so they're beating good teams too on this run so uh we'll get into it later as well but um about the all-stars but they have two all-stars as well that were named so the knicks got a promising future but it is the knicks you know they'll probably end up choking somehow uh spike lee will probably lose his shit like how it goes every year (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) it's the same same thing every year him and uh Spike Lee and Stephen A. Smith will lose their shit. The Knicks choked again in the second round. But 
they de- this definitely looks like the best Knicks team that I've probably seen. This is probably comparable to like the 2013 Knicks when they had like Carmelo. Uh, that was probably the best Knicks team I've seen in my generation. But yeah, they look good. Brunson looks great. Julius Randle, like I said, OG Ananobi is been great for him. And let's just hope Thibs doesn't run him into the ground, man, like he did freaking Lua Dang and Derrick Rose. There's a kind of a running joke that's going around. Their coach, Tom Thibodeau, he used to coach the Bulls, of course, and he was known for playing, like, he's playing OG Ananobi, like, damn near the whole game. It's like, bro, give this man his some time on the bench, bro. Like, you, you're going you're gonna to wear this man out like you did Derrick Rose and get him injured. It's like it's like the, uh, um, the, the Marvel meme of, like, get this man a shield. It's like, get this man some rest. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's how it is. Uh, so number seven here, Minnesota Timberwolves, thirty-two and fourteen, nineteenth on offense, number one on defense. Of course, that's where the Timberwolves are thriving this year is on defense. And Anthony Edwards kind of just dragging this offense. Uh, like I said, Cat and Rudy Gobert are the anchors of this defense. So I mean, they're only giving up. Uh, so the defensive rating is 108.9. That's pretty sad nowadays, man, to think that the number one defense is still giving up almost 110 points in the NBA today. Uh, just crazy. That's what ha- happen- happens when uh, when no one focuses on defense anymore. It's only about offense. Yeah, like if you would have told someone back in like the mid-2000s, like those games were like, it, you'd, it'd be rare to see teams hit triple digits. Now it's like, Every game, if you don't hit triple digits, like you, uh, you just had like a bad shooting night because no one's playing defense. Yeah, so the Wolves, I know that they have had their struggles, like I said, especially on offense. But again, another team with two All Stars named and a lot of good role players. I don't think they're gonna be that much of a threat in the playoffs, even though they're probably laying a top four seed out in the West. I just think that they don't have the experience yet. They're still a younger, youngish team. So we'll see how they perform. But number six here, he's a team that's been going through so much recently, the Milwaukee Bucks. They had three head coaches within the span of like a week. They hired Doc Rivers, the ultimate choker. Uh, they're number two on offense, but number 19 on defense. And that's where I think a lot of people were blaming Adrian Griffin, their former coach. They were like, why did they fire him when he was 30-12? and 12? Uh, And the reason mainly is the defense. Their defense has not been good this year, even though they have good defenders like Giannis, who's one of the defensive player of the year. Brooke Lopez, who's one of the best shot blockers in basketball. He's, I think, top two in blocks right now. They just, other than those two, they don't really have any defense. When they traded for Damian Lillard and got rid of Drew Holiday, I mean, Dame brings you that offense. I mean, number two rated offense, but that kills their defense. But like we kind of mentioned, is there really isn't much defense in the NBA anymore. So, I mean, I guess it's not too much of a sacrifice. But, yeah, they basically are just on a mission to outscore teams at this point to win games. And moving in number five here, these guys were number one last time we talked about them. And I, I still stand by and love their team. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number six on offense, number four on defense. Again, just super solid numbers right there. Shea Gilles Alexander, one of the best players in the league. Uh, Chet, 
uh, J Dub and um, uh, Lou Dort. I'm not even gonna mention Josh Giddy because that's a whole other animal. But they got a lot of great uh, players on that team. I know that Jalen Williams or J Dub just suffered an injury here, so that's definitely gonna be tough for them. But they're still gonna be a top seed out west. Again, not much of a playoff experience with this team. They're a lot younger, but another new up-and-coming team that uh, it's good to see Oklahoma City back and getting good wins because they were winning a lot when they had Duran Westbrook but never won that championship, and now they were bad for all those years, and now they're back finally good again. Number four here is the Philadelphia 76ers. Number five on offense, number six on defense. I mean, Joel Embiid just scored 70 points. Then again, also Joel Embiid is uh, hurt right now. He uh, messed up his meniscus, and he's not going to win MVP because there's a games requirement now that the NBA put in where you don't play at least 65 games. You are not eligible for All-NBA or for MVP voting. And he has like three games I think he can miss before he's ineligible, and he's he just uh, messed up his knee, like I said, so... He is definitely not going to meet the game requirement, but they, I think, are more concerned with the playoffs as they have always been struggling in the playoffs here, which has been the 76ers' downfall. But if they can somehow find a way to get this team going in the time when the playoffs start, it's going to be a dangerous team out in the East. Number three here, we have the Denver Nuggets. 7th on offense, 12th on defense. Right now, Jokic is probably looking like the MVP with Embiid now being uh, pretty much out of it with him missing all these games. Uh, Jokic is still, you know, he's still the best player in basketball, in my opinion. He won the championship last year, did it um, with a non-super team. Like, this Nuggets team is really good, but no one would classify them as a uh, stacked superstar team. And, yeah, I just... They're always going to be here towards the top as long as they got Jokic. Number two, a team that's been at the top, seems like all season, that is the Boston Celtics. Third on offense, second on defense. You know, it's the Celtics. They are going to continue to have uh, great performances here, great players. Derek White, one of uh, their role players, might be the best role player in basketball. He has best plus minus of any player in basketball right now. Same with Porzingis. He's up there in that category as well. Tatum has, and Brown have both been uh, on paper what they usually do for the season. But just going to have to see how they do in the playoffs as well. Uh, this is a fearful team, I feel like, that is going to be uh, making a lot of headway here in the playoffs as well. But coming here at number one, we have a new number one team. And that is going to be the L.A. Clippers. Who would have thought the L.A. Clippers, man? So fourth on offense, 11th on defense. Their offensive and defensive ratings aren't that great. But, dude, they're like 16-4 and four or something like that in their last 20 games. Like, they're 27-7 and seven here uh, showing since they – in this article since they traded for James Harden. Um they are just, they're hot, man. They've been hot for, like like I said, two or three months now. They have been rolling. Something about this team, man, I don't know. It, it feels so weird because 
it's it's just a whole bunch of ex superstars put together. It's like it's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, all the four guys who were uh, MVPs or MVP candidates at one point. Leonard and George are still pretty good at the top of the league, but Harden. I mean, Harden's still serviceable, but he's not the player he used to be. And Westbrook is like more of a bench player now. But they just they have it figured out, man. They have some something about them is able to win games, and uh, that's what you need. I mean, it doesn't matter how the team structure as long as you win games. That's that's the end of the day. That's how you're gonna. That's how you're going to uh, compete in this league. So. I, I kind of uh, dig the Clippers here being at one with them being so dominant for at least a couple months now. They deserve to be uh, hailed as the number one team right now. But yeah, do you have any uh, thoughts here on these teams? I mean, I didn't expect them to, to be number one at all, but they've been very, very dominant as well over the last, uh, you know, two months now. I mean, you, I think, what would you say? They were 16 and, or, seven and 16 and 4. Yeah, 16 and 4 in their last 20. I mean, that is impressive, uh, to say the yeah. least. I mean, that is, that is really, really, really good. Um, and, and, you know, they aren't ranked high either defensively or offensively, but I expect that to change if they keep playing at the rate that they're playing. I expect their offense and defensive numbers to just keep improving. Um, but uh, I just wanted to, to, to make a joke real quick um, uh, about you – said, you said Giannis uh, won Defensive Player of the Year, or who, who won Defensive Player of the Year last year? Um, I don't know if it was last year. I'm pretty sure. Let me let me take a quick look. Um, I know he won a defensive player of the year at one point. Um, but the so last year was uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Actually, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Memphis. Yep. My 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 joke was is is why do they have a defensive player of the uh, of the year award for a league that doesn't play defense? That's Facts, like, like, come like, on now. Like, I mean, even the guy who won it last year, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, he was mainly known for blocking shots. I mean, that was like how his, his, I mean, he was, he's a big man. He's not really known for on ball defending. So, uh, just, uh, it's always been kind of a big man's award. Like I said, just being a good rim protector is like the main thing. Just keeping shots out of the paint. But yeah, like even rim, uh, Def- even like rim protection and defense is so little nowadays that it's just like, yeah, how do you even pick among the, the pool of uh, uh, these players that aren't even playing defense? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you pick that out, but I mean, yeah, no, uh, I, I like these rankings a lot. Um, and, and yeah, so let's get on to the NHL here. Uh, these are my own uh, power rankings, of course. Um, so let's get into it. Number 10, I have the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, they, they've kind of just been falling down the order for me uh, recently. Uh, they have not been playing the greatest. Um, they are back up into my top 10. Uh, if, if I had you know, gone up to 16, I think uh, last time I did, did my power rankings, I probably would have had them around 12 or 13. So they, they've kind of picked up their pace a little bit. But um, 
they've uh, they've still been pretty inconsistent, but uh, I think they're looking to this uh, to the All Star break to, to try and rest a bunch of guys um, and make sure no one gets hurt in the uh, in the All Star game this weekend. Um, at number nine, I have Tampa Bay. Um, they've been really good over the last two or three weeks here. Um, they're, they're kind of starting to play like the Tampa Bay of old. Uh, you know, the, the good Tampa Bay teams that won the Cups. Not not necessarily a team that uh, that got swept by um, by Columbus in the first round because, you know, well, that was just embarrassing. But, um, no, they, they've been playing very, very good, consistent hockey. Not nothing too flashy, uh, but they never were really a flashy team. They just had a lot of good players that could get the job done on both ends of the um, of the ice. So, uh, and they they moved themselves up. Uh, number eight, I have the Red Wings, um, dominant really since uh, since the Christmas break. Uh, they lost obviously to Ottawa last night in overtime, and um, I I want to talk about overtime in the NHL. But that's on a different episode because overtime has gotten a little ridiculous at this point in the NHL. Um, but still, Detroit has been very, very good in uh, December. I think they only have four losses in the entire month. Um, I'd, I'd have to look at that to be sure, but uh, that sounds about right. Let me actually look real quick. Um, but that said, uh, offensively, Still one of the best teams in the league. Uh, defensively, you know, they give up quite a bit too. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, overall they're still just a really, really good team. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, they, they had four losses in uh, in in this – in all of January. They went – They, yeah, they went they went nine two and two in January. Very very good, um, and a lot of that was against really good teams. I mean, they beat Tampa Bay. Uh, they lost to Edmonton in overtime, and Edmonton is is on fire right now. They beat Vegas. They beat L.A. twice. Um, they beat Toronto, um, and and they shut out Philly, who was a really really good team. So I mean. Uh, Detroit, yeah, just they've been very good. Uh, Larkin's on a, I think, a 16-game point streak as well. Um, so, you know, he's playing at a very, very high production pace. Um, I think he's on, on also on like a six- or seven-game goal streak as well uh, on top of that 16-game uh, point streak. So, um, yeah, no, Red Wings playing very good. Uh, number seven, I have the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they were they were number one uh, last time I did my power rankings. I uh, know they were number two last time I did my power rankings. Um, yeah, they um, out of nowhere, man. They just started losing uh, some games, uh, pretty bad games too. Um, they they've just fallen off. Uh, Colorado's uh, taking the lead of the Central Division now. Um, granted Colorado's played two more games, but at the same time, it doesn't stop, doesn't, you know, mean that Vegas, or not Vegas, uh, Winnipeg hasn't, you know, been playing well. I mean, Winnipeg, I, I just, I don't know what happened exactly, but yeah, there's, there's just something 
just kind of turned off. They were extremely hot, and now they're just... I wouldn't necessarily say they're cold right now, but they've definitely cooled off a lot. Uh, at number six, I have the Colorado Avalanche, um, who have been the opposite of Winnipeg over the last, uh, you know, last six, seven games now. Um, they've been very, very productive offensively. Uh, defensively, you know, they still give up, you know, high danger chances a lot. But overall, they've been a good team, good solid team all year, um, but, but the, uh, the defense does need to kind of, uh, you know, fix itself because they're not too far ahead in this division, and this division is very, very tough with Winnipeg and Dallas still in it uh, as well. Um, at number five here, I have Boston. Um, they've fallen, uh, last, last time I had them ranked, uh, I think I had them at five. Yeah, no, I had them at five here. So um, they've been good all through January. Uh, they, uh, you know, they, they won a lot of games, but they also lost some games that they probably shouldn't have. But it is the NHL, and everyone can beat anyone on any single night. Um, and we've seen this. Every single team, uh, I, I saw, like, a stat earlier. It was, it was basically... Um, uh, like, like it kind of just connected who lost to who, um, and and basically made an entire circle around the entire league. So, I mean, any given night you can lose games, but Boston offensively very, very productive. Still, it's just goaltending, and I think is their biggest issue. Uh, not necessarily defense is 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 an issue, but goaltending definitely uh, an issue for them. Uh, number four. Uh, staying at number four for my last rankings is well, actually no moving down one spot from my rankings is uh, is Florida. Um, they 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 had a really really good start to January, um, and then their last few games, man, I don't know um, if if some injuries had to be part of it, but yeah, th- this last part of January just did not go in their favor at all. I mean. Uh, a loss to to Minnesota, a loss to Anaheim in overtime, a uh, loss to New Jersey, who's not as good as they should be on paper. Um, you know, they just it, it wasn't, and and, and you know, uh, lose or beating uh, the Islanders in overtime, who are not a good team this year. I mean, they took some losses in the in this last stretch over January that. They really shouldn't have, um, but they were able to, you know, overall still have a winning record in January, but a um, lot, lot of losses to teams that they probably shouldn't have lost to. Um, so, yeah. Uh, number three here, jumping all the way up. Uh, well, not all the way up, but jumping up three spots uh, from number six, I have the Carolina Hurricanes um, over their last uh, – over the last few weeks, they've uh, they've gone four two and zero. Oh. Um, they they've been really really good. Um, they lost to L.A. and they lost to Minnesota, but they beat Detroit, they beat Boston, they beat New Jersey, and then they beat Arizona, who is not too far off from making the uh, the playoffs this year. Um, but January overall for them was really really good. Um, only having three losses in the entire month. Um, granted they've beaten some 
bad teams, but they've also beaten some really good teams, like I said, to Detroit and to Boston, and uh, they, they beat Pittsburgh, and and they beat the Rangers in January as well. So they've been very good um, recently. Um, but like I said, uh, I think last time I did the power rank is I think goaltending is still their biggest question mark, but um, the offense has, has been enough to, to keep them up there. Uh, staying at number two, I have the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they just made actually a trade yesterday, uh, getting Elias Lindholm from Calgary uh, for a bunch of picks and some role players. Um, that said, uh, they've been on fire this year. They have a ton of all-stars in the in the all-star game, and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it they've been... Very good on both ends of the ice. I mean, very, very productive uh, for them in, in the offensive zone specifically. Uh, I think they're the best. Well, outside of Edmonton, they're they're the second best uh, offense in the uh, in the West. Um, just really, really good all year. Um, they 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 kind of started out slow, but um, yeah, man, they've been really, really good. Uh, sent uh, really since the the first uh, couple weeks of the season, um, offensively, like I said, very good, and and uh, you know defensively, obviously they have uh, they have Quinn Hughes who's really turned into a really nice solid um, uh, number one defenseman on on their team, um, and then Thatcher Demko is having a career year. Um, for him, so very good in net for them. Number one, I have the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they were not; they were number nine last time I did my power rankings. They, yeah, they're at number one now. Uh, they're on a 16-game winning streak. Uh, they haven't lost a game since before Christmas, I believe. Um, let me double check that real quick. When was their last loss? Um, yeah, their last loss was, yeah, December 19th. So, um, yeah, 16 game win streak, uh, going into the all-star break with a huge, huge, uh, you know, boost of, of, of just domination, uh, and, and consistency, uh, granted, they've beaten a lot of bad teams in this stretch. I mean, the Islanders, uh, Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, Seattle, Montreal, Ottawa. I mean, they haven't beaten a ton of good teams on this streak, but they did beat Toronto and Detroit um, and Philly. So, I mean, it's not not all bad, but, man, they just they, – they fire their, their, their head coach in, in November, and now they're just an extremely – good team uh this year so uh they're gonna be a threat in the playoffs for sure um and you know they have the number one offense uh in the league right now uh so yeah that's my power rankings you got anything else on that man i'm so happy to see edmonton number one not because i'm a big edmonton fan but because i'm a big mcdavid fan so i mean just to see mcdavid finally get some uh some, you know, success, I guess. I mean, I know they've made the playoffs before, but just 16-game winning streak, let's go. 
yeah, huge, huge win streak for them for sure. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap up that. So now uh, we're going to talk a little bit of the uh, the All-Star game. Uh, new new format this year. Um, we have uh, – th- there's one representative from each uh, division uh, that's a, a captain of, of, a, of a team, and then they draft teams. Uh, so we have our, our team, so I'll just go over the – the rosters real quick. So uh, we got Team Hughes, which is led by Quinn Hughes. Uh, he's got Elias Pedersen as the assistant captain. So uh, those two, um, obviously, teammates in Vancouver and, you know, will be teammates in this game. They picked a lot of uh, Canucks in this game, uh, but they got Nikita Kucherov on their team, Thatcher Demko, of course, their team, their, uh, their number one goalie, uh, Kyle Connor from Winnipeg, Brady Kachuk, uh, Jesper Brat, Cam Talbot is going to be their backup goalie. Uh, they got Brock Besser, JT Miller, and Frank Vetrano. Um, so, yeah, a lot of Canucks on, uh, on Team Hughes here. Um, so, yeah, that's very... Very interesting for sure. Um, team Austin Matthews, he had, uh, you know, Justin Bieber is his uh, GM uh, for this uh, for this game. So uh, we got Austin Matthews, of course, the captain. And the Morgan Riley, uh, one of his teammates, is his assistant captain. And same theme here. Uh, a lot of Maple Leafs on this roster. He's got Nylander and Mitch Marner, of course. Uh, Jake Ottinger in net. Clayton Keller from Arizona and Clayton Keller is amazing. Uh, Matt Barzell, uh, Igor Shesterkin. Pretty sure he's going to be the uh, the number one goalie for uh, for this team. Uh, Philip Forsberg, Alex DeBrinket, uh, and then uh, Vincent Trocheck from the Rangers. Uh, very solid team. I like this one a lot. Um, so yeah, um, team Nathan McKinnon. Uh, He's the captain of this team. He's got Kale McCarr, of course, as his assistant captain. Uh, they got Sidney Crosby, uh, Alexander uh, Gorgiev from Colorado. He's going to be in net for them. Um, K- Kirill Kaprizov, Sebastian Ajo, Tom Wilson uh, is is the, the Washington representative in the All-Star game. That's wh- why not OV, but okay. Um, but he's got, you have Jeremy Swayman as well from Boston in net, uh, Travis Konechny, Elias Lindholm and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, and then, uh, for Connor McDavid's team, he's got, uh, Dreisaitl, his, his assistant captain, of course, uh, Connor Hellebuck. That's huge for, for this team. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, Robert Thomas, Sam Reinhart. Sergei Bobrovsky, Boone Jenner, Nick Suzuki, and Thomas Hurdle uh, for this team. Um, Saturday, we got uh, the matchups between these teams. Uh, we'll have McKinnon versus McDavid, and then Hughes versus Matthews um, starting at 3 p.m. Right now, we have the uh, uh, the Women's League sh- uh, Showcase. That's a three-on-three game uh, that's going on right now. Uh, but I guarantee you no one's watching because who really cares? Um, you know, it is what it is there. Uh, skills competition is tomorrow uh, afternoon. Um, so, obviously, the a uh, uh, lot, lot of people are going to be watching that, of course. Uh, new format for that as well. Um, it, it, I, I like this format with the, uh, with the player draft um, this year. 
I think it's gonna I think it's gonna make things interesting. It's a three on three, uh, you know, kind of game. It's gonna it's it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be very very high scoring. I feel because there's very few defensemen in the All Star games this year, um, and, and all the, and most of the defensemen that are, are in the game are very offensive minded uh, defensemen. So. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a huge, huge, you know, you're, you're going to see something like, you know, 13, 14 goals a team. I mean, it's, it's going to be ridiculous this year. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm more, I'm just more interested in uh, in what we have for, uh, for the skills competition. So that's going to be very interesting to watch tomorrow night. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap up our All-Star Game. Unless, Mike, you got anything you want to talk about on it. Yeah, so well, I actually wanted to bring up the NBA. So they announced their uh, their reserves as well. I think that's interesting how NHL did um, pick your teams because that's how the NBA did it for the last few seasons where uh, they had captains and they would do a draft and uh, they would draft their teams. But this year they went back to the traditional East-West format uh, that they had been in place for all the years before. So it's good seeing the NHL doing that. Maybe it'll work out for them and see how it uh, goes for them. Definitely feel like they're, um, you know, the skills competition and things for them are a lot bigger NBA. They've had the three point contest and the dunk contest, which have been kind of underwhelming the last four or five years, but the game itself I got a whole bunch of uh, new rules and things like that. It's going to be high scoring, of course. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to address the uh, NBA uh, reserves today that were announced. So the starters were announced, I think, last week. And uh, so the West, LeBron James is the captain of the West with uh, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikola Jokic as the other starters. Definitely feel like that is a solid five there. And in my opinion, I mean, even though LeBron's not one, what he once was, he's still incredible. Definitely deserving of being in that captain spot for the West. And in the East, Giannis is the captain out East with Joel Embiid, who's I don't even know if Joel Embiid is going to be healthy to play in the game, but Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halbert, another person who's been dealing with injuries, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum as his starters. Definitely prefer the West over the East here for the starters, but those were announced last week. So today we have the reserves, and man, there were some controversial picks on this one. So for the West here, we had... Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns were the people who made it as reserves for the game. And, you know, some of them uh, controversial, some of them not. I mean, Curry, AD, uh, I feel like those two guys are, and Kawhi are pretty not controversial, but Carl Anthony Towns making it and and Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox from the Kings not making it is crazy. I did not see Carl Towns making it. I get the Timberwolves have been pretty good this year, but yeah, I can't I can't believe that Carl Towns made it over Sabonis. Um, I think Sabonis has had a better year. Sabonis is averaging like twenty and thirteen. 
uh, I saw that the Kings were the only team that were in the top six in the com in their conference that did not have an All Star. So, yeah, De'Aaron Fox and and or uh, Sabonis kind of got snubbed there on the West, but it's so tough because there's only so many spots that can be filled up. So, but the rest of the team though, they're looking pretty good. Out East, we had Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bancaro as a first-time All-Star. Same with Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle. So, got two Knicks in there. Um, like I said, some first-time All-Stars. Paolo, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, all first-time All-Stars out in the East. But, man, I can't get myself to put Julius Randle in, man. I think that uh, Trey Young definitely got snubbed. I mean, I get that Trey Young's team hasn't been doing as great, but Trey Young's averaging like almost 30 and 10. And I just think that as a player, man, he get, he uh, he got snubbed last year as well. So definitely tough for Trey Young not to make this team. But I like the, I like the rest of it. To be honest with you, I think that all these all these guys are deserving, in my opinion, um, to make it. Like I said, Carl Towns and Julius Randle probably the two least deserving, but still they've been having incredible years. I can't really take that away from them. In my opinion, I think the West is a lot stronger, stronger teams, stronger names. The East has a lot of uh, younger guys. A lot of young and up and coming guys while the West has a lot of established stars that have been around a while. Like I said, Durant, LeBron, and Curry kind of been the face of the league for the last ten years, so they're all out west. Do you have any thoughts on these selections? I'm not really. I mean, um a little controversial, but I mean at the same time these these some of these picks are not I wouldn't necessarily say super controversial, but I mean, they've had good years in gen uh, overall. So I mean, I I understand some people's arguments, you know, this player over that player. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you really look at it, you know, a lot of these guys, yes, are playing on not great teams either. So, uh, so I feel like being snubbed for that, you know, that that part kind of sucks. But you know. It is what it is there, I think. Um, yeah. Just, just, it's just so... It's what you get with this format where, you know, not every team gets to get represented in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, there's so much talent, man. Like, I guess that's a good problem to have that we have debates and stuff, but then again, it's like, man, sucks that that person didn't get in. Like, no one from the Pistons was even close to making it. Like, even Kate, our best player... Not even a, not even a, I don't even know if he got a vote, to be honest with you, to make the all-star team. There's just not enough spots for a team that has five wins to make it. But I seem like they definitely took that more into account. A lot of the top teams had multiple all-stars, which definitely makes sense. You know, they're winning games, so they're contributing to winning more. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's, uh, just uh just how it goes sometimes but i mean i i like this where you know not every team's guaranteed you know a uh a spot or having someone as as their all-star um but if if you're gonna go with it like the nhl i mean please make it 
that, you know, like, um, that the actual, like, best player on the team goes to the All-Star game. I don't know why we have Debrinket there and not Larkin, but, you know, that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, that, uh, I think is going to wrap us up, uh, longer episode than, uh, than I think we, we were, uh, thinking we were going to have, but, uh, nonetheless, a good episode for sure. Uh, um, obviously Tuesday, I'm not going to really break down what happens in all-star game. Cause I mean, it's an all-star game, but, um, uh, yeah. Um, next week's going to be a heavy, heavy focus on, uh, on the Super Bowl. Um, especially on Thursday's episode next week. Uh, spring training's coming up for baseball, uh, like I said, so we're going to start talking about you know that soon. Uh, but anyways, guys, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Help us out. Let us know what more you want to see from us. Um, check out our YouTube page because uh, that, that's where we're, we're lacking in some viewership. But uh, outside of that, yeah, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we will see you guys on Tuesday.